0: Do you guys want to learn more about the secrets of this world? Do you want to have a platform to learn these things? If you have answered yes to both these questions, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Y Radio, a podcast which talks about very real-world situations that you might know are critical. My name is Gary. and My partner's name is... Rahul and we offer you insights and gems of information where we discuss about the secrets of this world and how to survive through it using spirituality and ultimate awareness. And for today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about psychedelic therapy, the history of its substances, its benefits and the future of this uh, therapy so-called
1: all right then let's get the drum roll Hey, Gary so uh, why what do you think about uh, this topic uh, it is really important that important to talk about it uh, will people will be interested knowing about all these things
0: um, well that's a really good question uh, I myself um, have read about you know these uh, medicinal properties and uh, you know possibilities of um utilizing them as uh, as as medicines to help cure and prevent certain disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Uh, to answer your question, I think that it's very important because. Um, I want to use this uh, as as an opportunity for me to raise the awareness of, uh, of these things, these uh, medicines uh, that I used in psychedelic therapy, right? And um, mm-hmm. to help the audience listening in understand that, you know, that there are if you will, you know, good and uh, bad um, psychoactive substances, if you will. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I also heard, like, uh, you know, all the time in the newspapers and in the news that. Modern doctors, you know, say that like uh, uh, That psychedelics have incredible healing capabilities Mm -hmm. Is it really true like these are the why the doctors think that must research on these drugs? Why you think so?
0: well to note I would like to point out that uh, these psychedelic substances have been used by Aboriginal tribes Mm -hmm. ranging from Northern Mexican uh, Aboriginal tribes, Native American tribes, and even uh, South American tribes as well. And uh, Mm -hmm. these um, these psychedelics have been those were the the earliest times of recorded use. Okay, just to um, clear it up, those were the earliest times of recorded use, and. these tribes have been using these um, psychedelic substances to actually uh, help them to actually. It's it's a main component of their ritual, you know, and um, mm-hmm. it this component basically helps them to um, you know some of them actually believe that it that it connects them to the to the spirit realm. Some of them uh, believe that it. Helps with uh, with certain uh, so-called uh, diseases, you know, and uh, it can be used as a med, as a medicine for that, uh, such as um, they believe that toothaches, you know, uh, fevers, mm-hmm. uh, pain during childbirth, diabetes, and uh, rheumatism, you know
1: yeah 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 i i recently heard the uh, from u c berkeley university dr david Presti says like they allow the person to become aware of unfor for uncomfortable feelings and thoughts you know yeah. so they can uh, so they can come to surface and therapeutically processed in in a way and they increase like neuroplasticity what is neuroplasticity
0: yes yeah, uh Neuroplasticity, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, since you were talking about the, uh, about the uh, doctor actually talking about how uh, these uh, things promote neuroplasticity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to touch on the um, medicinal properties of these uh, psychedelic substances in the mm-hmm. current, um, I would say, current era, okay? Yeah. So, uh, there have been studies by um, orga- several organizations, but uh, one specific organization I'd like to point out is uh, MAPS. That is uh, okay. M-A-P-S, right? So, okay, uh, these organizations, right, they have utilized uh, these psychedelic substances to treat certain disorders that are prevalent in uh, a lot of people, such as you know, um, hard uh, drug addiction, you know, mm-hmm. uh, alcoholism, uh, yeah. depression and anxiety, you know, uh, PTSD, you know,
1: yeah,
0: and these uh, these psychedelic substances, right, helps mm-hmm. to promote neuroplasticity in the mind and by by saying that what neuroplasticity is is it basically helps to change uh to help to rearrange the brain basically you know and it helps to in in other words it helps to re uh to remodulate the serotonin and uh, dopamine neurotransmitters which are found in the brain and this uh, this cortical remapping enables us to to um, be uh, our better selves and uh, it helps us to to change our emotions our thoughts our behaviors our environmental stimuli to certain things in which we may not be sensitive towards before compared to, you know, after we have taken these uh, uh, medicinal substances.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, I can, I can see that. And uh, one of the uh, things I heard about POT, that it's beneficial towards treating certain disorders such as drug addiction, alcoholism, depression and anxiety. What yes, is that's, POT?
0: Uh, that's a really good question. So, uh, peyote, right, is a cactus which is uh, native to both uh, Mexico and uh, Texas. Okay. And, uh, this cactus can be found, you know, growing in the wild and mm-hmm. it's shaped almost like a button but uh, with, um, with lines uh, creasing in from the center, you know, mm-hmm. and it's uh, yeah. green and... Stubby and round, and uh, it it blooms with a white flower and a uh, yellow uh, yellow middle center. Uh, Yeah, and uh, in peyote, the main uh, hallucinogenic component which helps is uh, known as mescaline, which can be um, Mm extracted extracted from peyote but uh it's not uh it, it's only been extracted in the in the current era well, however during the use during the aboriginal tribes they have been uh, just you know consuming it raw with just the uh, with just the cactus
1: oh i see all right yes, yes. that's uh thanks for clearing my doubt
0: peyote is a it's a um, traditional um plant-based psychedelic whereas uh like you said lsd uh, and has, dmt yeah yeah uh, dmt is quite similar to ayahuasca lsd okay. is actually it was synthesized by albert hoffman
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes.
0: Mm Yes. So um, it is considered a synthetic psychedelic, but Mm -hmm. it was uh, it is half natural because it was synthesized from the ergot plant. Okay. Yes, and uh, we can move on to that later. But since we are talking about ayahuasca right now, I would like to Mm -hmm. tell you what the ayahuasca is about. So ayahuasca. Usage has been, uh, like I said, it has been. Tra- uh, I mean, that's for the others, but it has been traced back, back to the South American tribes in the Amazon, uh, for for its usage, basically. Okay, so, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, it is. It was discovered. Uh, the earliest report was discovered in the sixteenth century. All right. And um, it has been uh, quite a journey for it, you know.
1: Um, yeah, it's a and, long journey.
0: Yes, and um, uh, in the 20th century, you know, the, uh, the active chemical constituent of the, of the brew, which was named the telepathine, uh, it was found to be identical to a uh, chemical already isolated from Peganum harmala and was given name harmine, you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and uh, to note back in the 1950s there were uh, people such as uh, William Burroughs and Richard Evans who travelled to uh, s- South America and to the forest to actually um, s- uh, find out Know how how it works on the human psyche and the human body, and whether mm-hmm. it could uh, relieve or or cure uh, so-called opiate addiction. And also um, to note, uh, we have previously talked about uh, Terence McKenna on our podcast, and yeah. his uh, along along with his brother Dennis McKenna, they have actually um, decided to go to the Amazon. To, to try out ayahuasca as well and uh, and uh, publish uh, certain things on it you know
1: mm-hmm. all right
0: and uh, okay. to further to further this i would like to to point out the uh, the use and the, uh, the preparation and use of um, of this ayahuasca brew so um that's when it comes to the brew, there's a lot of um, other than DMT and Kapi, There's a lot of other roots and herbs and plants that go into the boiling process for it. Oh, so to, we
1: have to so we have to prepare it by ours ourselves. Um, uh,
0: to make the actual ayahuasca brew that is found the Amazon in the Amazon, you have to, of course, prepare it yourself. But there are certain okay. alternatives which are, which are not, uh, dissimilar. But mm-hmm. they, they, they are, There are certain characteristics which define them to be different.
1: Alright.
0: Yes. So, uh, to note, I will tell you. So, uh, like for example, uh, the chakruna plant, uh, mm-hmm. and then the chaliponga plant and I was saying the Banis deriopsis vine alright uh, the Mimosa tenuiflora. flora uh, so all these um, herbs right they are basically brewed um, into a pot and under a slow cooking fire right and they brew this uh, slowly and slowly and as the longer they brew it the potency and the psychoactive effect increases and also it also varies based on the shaman or brewer's skill in knowing how to brew the potion you know
1: mm-hmm. mm. all right yeah yeah i recently heard about the uh, research from the university College of London mm. used data from more than 96,000 people worldwide in the largest study on the effects of the drug to date about ayahuasca. That it hope of treating post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and addiction. Mm. Is it true? Uh,
0: there are a lot of uh, I would say studies in regards towards uh, these these psychedelic substances indeed and uh, yeah
1: I think that must be so intriguing why, why the public the normal day to day people doesn't know about these things or why they just know about the negativity uh,
0: clarify your question on that I would like to firstly um, get this out of the way by saying that um, in every industry right uh, there's a lot of negative malicious intent to basically milk the population of its money in in hopes towards uh, getting the most out of them um, but not uh, giving the treatment to them that is adequate for their best interests you know so um, what I'm trying to say I have a very good example um, Alright A very good example I would um, Talk about is Weed Cannabis right? Okay. It has been Done in a lot of studies That the CBD Which is the healing property In the cannabis Can be uh, utilized To basically prevent And fight against uh, cancer cells in the body right? and uh, let me ask you Rahul, how many countries in this world have uh, have basically uh, legalized this treatment for, for cancer?
1: in this country you mean?
0: in this world?
1: in this world I think most of the research are happening in America and Canada that they are legalizing people can buy through the recommendation of doctor but I don't think it's happening in other other places as well because they all have nostalgia and they always uh, have perception that these kind of things are just bad, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, I would not say that they have the perception that it's not bad because even though you you have uh, drugs that are illegal in the country, people are still going to do it. Look at... look. Okay, look at Portugal, for example. They mm-hmm. decriminalized all drugs. And when they did that, their crime rate reduced by 50%. You know? That's right. a statistic. But uh, let me get back to my main point here, in which, um, basically, the governments, the elites, and the the monopolized organizations uh, in this world the eight or nine uh, organizations that run this world they do not want the best for you they want to milk the money out from you that's why they are not promoting these so-called revolutionary treatments in uh, which you're able to you know fit uh in, in your in which you're able to completely um be Cured or I would say, be 95 percent um well, in just a matter of days, you know. So, the like an example is like I said, um, weed right, in cancer, cancer yeah the cancer industry is a hundred billion U S dollars. itself,
1: Whoa. without,
0: That's- without cannabis in the equation so there's chemotherapy there's surgery there's um, radiotherapy and all the types of therapy that is being used and being mm-hmm. paid by you, you do you know what's radiotherapy? you're basically being bombarded by radioactive rays you're being bombarded by radioactive rays
1: mm-hmm.
0: think about that for a moment
1: man that's interesting
0: Yeah, which sane person, if they have a better alternative, would want to pay through their fucking nose just to get bombarded by radioactive rays? No one. And it's because of the elites and organisations in this world that are preventing these things from moving forward. That's why they are suffering and there and um, there are also relapses of cancer in people who have undergone the treatment if you didn't know there are relapses so it is not a proven treatment it is not a a a surefire treatment in which you'll be free of your amputated Uh, or operated cancer cells after you've done the treatment. You know?
1: Oh, that's really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, that's why, uh, moving on, you know, uh, like I said, I would like to touch on, like uh, we were talking about before, ayahuasca, right? And uh, how um, it it, it was prepared. Uh, I would like to touch on it and um, talk about how um, so-called uh, its traditional usage, right, uh, and how it was practiced among these indigenous uh, people. Yeah. So, um, these uh, these um, tra- rituals are centered around shamanism, right, and uh, this um, this ayahuasca helps to. To affect the human consciousness uh, about uh, less than six hours and uh, the, the person who consumes this ayahuasca actually experiences a significant psychological stress and uh, they actually experience a sort of cleansing you know in which during the experience they will tend to, to v- vomit violently and uh, have uh, induced diarrhea and uh, it causes this sort of purge of the body you know so that um, they'll be clear of all these negative energies that have been pent up inside them uh, after so many years and uh, it also helps them to, um, to have uh, psychological introspection and it uh, will lead to, to a lot of um, illumination, elation and sometimes you know fear because uh, we as humans sometimes we need to experience fear uh, to actually be afraid of of things you know yeah and uh, yeah
1: what about the dosage
0: that's a really good question uh, because uh, the one of the most important uh, aspects when you know testing out certain drugs or test or actually using them medicinally or recreationally is the dose because if you don't get your dose right you um and if you take too much essentially you get fucked because you know um you took a dose in which you can't handle and uh, you, you will experience um, negative aspects of it and you'll be too scarred to actually go ahead and do it but uh, to answer your question properly um, let's say if you want to take it in terms of um, medicinally uh, you I'd recommend you i strongly recommend you to have um, supervision basically, okay? To have supervision uh, in regards to either your friends, your peers, uh, of course uh, with family members has to be consented of course. Um, and uh, if you don't want to want to take it under the guise of your peers, you can um, opt for there are studies in which um, these organizations like i was talking about uh, and maps um, these organizations they actually um, you know pay you to participate in studies uh, which are relating to these psychoactive substances so uh, that way you can be uh, uh, a a walking testimonial in which how effective uh, these um, plants are um, but to note just to talk about the dosages of, um, of uh, uh, these um, plants I would like to tell you that um, for for peyote uh, the rough dosage is about um, 200 to 400 milligrams so that's about 10 to 20 grams of uh, dried peyote buttons But that also depends on the potency of each button. So if you plan to do it, I suggest uh, taking it slowly as the duration lasts from about 10 to 12 hours. So um, take a bit and if you don't um, feel any effects in the first 2 to 3 hours, then I suggest taking half of what, what you took before on the, on the first consumption, right?
1: Okay, alright. Uh, okay, Gary, I want to know more about the history of this uh, psychotherapy. Uh, you know, about uh, LSD and uh, MDMA. Uh, where did this start and what's going on? How Where is it now currently? You know? Mm. What the of. research saying about all these things the MDMA therapeutic potential, you know.
0: Mhm. I get you. So, um yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Do you have any thoughts about it?
0: Mm. So, uh like you are saying, right? So, right now we are not uh, talking about um we are not talking about uh plants right now because uh, but we're still talking about synthesized uh, so-called psychedelics. So to note, I would like to touch on the um, LSD alright. LSD uh, is a very important tool and it has been um, utilized by a lot of people since the, the 60s after it got um, popularized by Timothy Leary and uh, Terence McKenna and also um, uh, a big a big uh, process was due to Albert Hoffman right so um, um, during the year 1938 Albert Hoffman uh, basically uh, decided to synthesize uh, LSD from from the year uh, plant and uh, he basically uh, did it and he concluded that uh, LSD was uh, was suitable for psychotherapeutic use and he began um, actually sending samples of LSD and psilocybin which is present in uh, if you will in quotes, magic mushrooms to clinics Mm -hmm. and universities across the world. And uh, a decade of research uh, went past and there were a lot of breakthroughs which um, helped to understand the brain's neurochemistry and how uh, therapists might effectively treat um, these mental illnesses so um as the 1960s went past um within a decade it got uh, it got illegal in most parts of the world and like i was saying um see these governments and these organizations don't want us to progress yeah. uh, don't want the majority of the population i would put it to progress because of These um, of how it would help us in our neuroplasticity and how it would help us advance and progress in our evolution. Okay, so um, just to clarify, right uh, regarding LSD's therapeutic potential, um, it helped uh, a lot of people in regards, especially. Um, in regards with the uh, Silicon Valley uh, engineers and um, the IT people over there. They are taking micro doses of LSD to work and um, there have been several testimonials and tests and um, benefits to that and these testimonials have been um, noted by these people to actually Help them be more productive in their work from day to day, you know, and it has uh, helped them produce a better quality of work compared to when they are not on LSD. In addition to that, it is also um, used to study the efficiency. On mental illnesses, like I said, um, anxiety, depression, PTSD, drug addiction, alcoholism, and so on and so forth. Right, Um, and touching on LSD, right now I'm gonna move on to MDMA. Okay, so MDMA was uh, first synthesized by Merck. At the start of the twentieth century, right? Uh, okay. And um, it was not until nineteen seventy six in which Alexander Shulgin uh, discovered its effects after synthesizing it and testing about uh, about the normal dose on himself. Um, he sent he sent uh, about um those doses uh, sorry uh, not not he did not send it he um he shared his experiences with uh, another therapist uh, Leo Zef and um, just like him was conducting this therapy as well uh, psychedelic therapy and uh Zef basically took uh took uh, Shulgins Insight, and he sent it to about four thousand therapists. Uh, he sent those doses to four thousand therapists, and it was uh, dispensed to about two hundred thousand patients between the 1970s and 1980s. Yeah.
1: All right. As I can see nowadays, like public opinion continues to shift from like more and more towards an appreciation. Uh, for the benefits of uh, medicinal psychedelic, you know, mm. and uh, I think you gave the perfect example of uh, the recent wave of marijuana legalization mm. and uh, FDA-approved uh, studies of uh, psychoactive substances or from psychedelic studies mm. that you talked about. Maps. That's that's really good uh, things they are doing. Yeah. But I think it's still challenging. Uh, I think it's still challenging for them. You know, what do yes. you think? How the future holds for them? What's the future holds for them?
0: Um, if things go according to plan, uh, MAPS, after all, MAPS is a uh, is a legal a legal uh, so-called um, non-profit and educational organization. You know, they actually um, get funding legally. So, If their research goes to show that these um, treatments are after all beneficial and subsequently um, will help them by a huge shift in percentage compared to conventional uh, medicines, then I believe that in the near future, we will soon be dispensed these uh, psychoactive substances compared to the uh, conventional medicines that um, you know we may uh, easily get addicted to and uh, there's hope that um, if everything goes to plan uh, MDMA would be available by prescription by 2021 who knows before I end this uh, episode I would like to, to um, tell you guys if you guys ever decide to you know experience for yourself these things I would uh, like to please recognize the risks and consequences of uh, doing these uh, doing these substances as um, in certain countries Um, they are not so strict about it but in certain countries they may provide you with the death sentence so i suggest taking precautions if you decide to do it and also um, i would suggest thorough research and thorough um, self-education in regards if you want to actually go through with uh, trying these things after weighing the consequences and deciding that you yourself want to try i'll provide uh, links in the description below so that you'll be able to go through them and read them and uh, research about the these uh, psychoactive substances in question and uh, i hope that um, you guys will be able to do it in a safe setting and uh, in a in a in a safe environment and uh, if you guys do come to do it, I will wish you guys happy tripping. So, uh, thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Wide Radio. And uh, I guess we'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you very much, guys. Goodbye.